Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What a great day to live in the city that is home of the Commissioner Cup winners. And a big part of that success for our aces is Kelsey Plum. And earlier this week, a real informative and eye-opening and fantastic piece was done on her journey on and off the court by Rachel Galligan, women's basketball analyst at Just Women's Sports and Winsider. She's also a former player and coach and Hall of Famer, and we're glad to have her joining us to talk about the story that she did. And as always, Onsider Calls are brought to us by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or go to BetQL.com. Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. I read your piece on Monday. I was just so impressed with your conversation with Kelsey Plum on her mental health journey through uh, the different chapters of her career. But I like to make the joke that I have a degree in communications, and which is the, basically the same thing as journalism, but without the integrity. But I think ultimately, no matter where you come from, it's about creating like a safe conversational space. And otherwise, how else could you expect anyone to trust you with, uh, with a personal side of their story? Yeah, I'm going to be completely honest. First, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I don't have a traditional path into journalism. I, I coached college basketball. I played professionally. I actually coached against Kelsey Plum um, the year that she broke the record. Actually, it was her junior year. Um, and, and so, you know, I kind of made the tradi- transition from college basketball coaching to then owning my own business and, and working in the media. And it's been a little bit unconventional. Um, but it was really interesting how, how it went, went down. I mean, honestly, I, I had Kelsey Plum on. I have, I have a podcast with Winsider that we've had for about five or six years now. We had had her on the show a few years back, um, back when she was still kind of finding her footing. You know, we talked about it in the piece about how it took her a while to kind of find that confidence. Um, and it's interesting. She followed me on Twitter. And I was like, oh, that's cool. All right. You know, and, and I had been kind of really wanting to write a feature piece. And I was kind of originally thinking I wanted to do it on Becky Hammond and things she's really difficult to get, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kelsey Plum had followed me and I thought, man, I am really about her this year. You know, I've watched her from her collegiate career all the way into the pros. I had talked to her before. We had, we had had a good relationship and I, I kind of just pitched it to her directly. And she is the one that came up with, you know, she basically said, hey, I really, really respect you. Um, I really admire what you're doing. I have a lot of things I want to say. Um, are you willing to do this for me? Um, because I was going to take the approach of kind of like, okay, I want to know about you. I want to dive a little bit deeper. I want to tell your story because I, in my opinion, she's a top MVP candidate. Um, Hard to argue. But yeah, and I think that she has, you know, and, and we could go back and forth about what that, 
who is who is at the top of that list right now? I think it's a pretty pretty short list, but um, I've been really a bit, I've been a big advocate of her just the last couple of years, and just watching that confidence when I when I watched her on the floor, I was so impressed with just there was something different. Um, and so I was going to take that just kind of approach and just kind of see where it went. Well, she came she came to me and said, "Listen, I've got some things I want to say, and I really respect you, and and I'm willing to do this if you are." Um, and so it was kind of all Kelsey Plum. Um, I kind of offered to do it and put something out there and she kind of took it to that next level, which, um, to be honest, I, I mean, no one knew about these things. No one knew about this struggle. I remember the record chase. I remember everything from her time at Washington. I mean, obviously I've watched her every year in her time in the league. And so I'm learning all of these things about her as she's going, but it was her who came to me really willing to open up. And Rachel, you talk about, you know, everything that happened while she was at Washington and to be honest, it was pretty daunting to read through and hear Kelsey, you know, tell people honestly, like, while she was chasing the records, her being known as, oh, you're the girl trying to break those records and having to go to the hotel room during the WNBA draft. Um, and, of course, this piece, it's very thorough. So you went back, you talked to the head coach at Washington, and you talked to some of mm-hmm. the teammates. With hindsight and looking back, uh, did they say anything about noticing certain things? Because obviously they had a blind eye because, you know, they're trying to win a national championship and get to the Final Four. But now going to do this piece now years later, do they notice anything and go, oh, maybe that was a sign back then? No, no. When I I had talked to Mike Neighbors and then I had talked to Kelsey and we had had a very, very, very long interview, just conversation. And it, it, I would almost, I would fall short of saying interview. It was more so a really in-depth just conversation opening up to one another about what this was. Um, and she allowed me a lot of time to kind of really understand her because this was a really delicate piece. I realized, you know, I had to do this right. I had to make sure I said the right things and put it out there the right way. And then I went back to Mike Neighbors and he was like, oh my gosh, these are things that I didn't even know about, you know, because, and, and, and he did a really great job of explaining why, you know, at the time, the record chase, it took on a life of its own. We all remember that period of time. She was all over everything. Um, and, and, and it is easy, you know, human nature, just to see that excellence and what she was doing on the court. And it was so exciting and it was so groundbreaking and it was so amazing. And I think, you know, her team and, and her coaching staff was so focused on just kind of like, hey, let's just stick with the team. And, and their hearts were in the right place. Let's, let's focus on the team. Let's do what we need to do. But Mike Neighbors, was, he did a phenomenal job of basically saying, like, Rachel, you know, I'm not trained to notice the signs, you know. And, and mm. even, even five years later, five, six years later, how far we have come, you know, from the collegiate coaching understanding of, okay, these are the things to look for. We've got support staffs. We've got, we've got people that these players and these young student athletes can go talk to. We've, we didn't have those things five or six years ago. You know, he, he, he's, he's a trained division one high level basketball coach. Um, and Kelsey, as she said in the, in the piece, in the interview, in, in the interview, she said, you know, I really kept this to myself. I want to be very clear. Nobody knew that I was going through this. So it's no one's fault in terms of on the actual staff, but, but, picking up those signs and, and, and maybe picking up, he, he's not certified to that. He doesn't know that. But I think, you, you know, that, that, that brings in the question of like, okay, how far have we come from even just a few years ago to now mm. where you've got these support systems that we didn't have back then? 
No, you're you're so right, Rachel. And and I was I'm a former collegiate athlete myself, and I know that you played and, and had a very decorated career at Eastern Illinois. But even during my time, I was really lucky to have have my coach, Coach Matthews, who happened to be a woman as well. And I think that also kind of offered a different lens where she could tell where you were trying to you were starting to kind of spin out before it got really bad. But when you have so much that you're in pursuit of, and like you said, they're trying to make sure that not all the pressure is going on Kelsey because this is a team game and everything else. It's just there's only so many hours in the day only so much capacity that people have to truly notice and to be honest the athletes noticing within themselves I think a lot of this is volunteered like you're saying Kelsey came to you with this story how many uh how many weeks and and conversations would you have to have with someone like you said five six years ago just for them to even get to the point where they would trust you with this story or even have gone through it themselves to kind of unpack everything because that's what we call doing the work yeah, and she was very, um, you can tell kind of the, the maturity and the growth that she has experienced in the last, since that time. The self-awareness, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, at this time, you know, we're talking about a, a college senior who, who can't, you know, her world is spinning. She's thrown on ESPN. She's got te- camera crews following her around. She's trying to break this record, but more so than anything, she's trying to help her team win games. Um, you know, I, I can think back to when I was a college senior, and I mean, would I have had enough self-awareness to understand what is going on inside of me right now? And I think it's a phenomenal testament to just the work that not only, obviously, she's a phenomenal athlete, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and the work that she did with her recovery, but the work that she put into her self-awareness, um, her self-understanding, and, and being able to look back on everything at this point, at 27, and be like, wow, okay, that's what I was experiencing. Let me make sense of this, and let me help others who may not be able to make sense of it right now. And it was almost kind of like a forced self-reflection period because as you mentioned this piece and, and uh, as you were going through kind of her, her career as she made that transi- transition from the collegiate game to the pros, like the only reason why she really hit this wall is because all of a sudden she blew out her Achilles and she had a lot of time on her hands. And and when you're caught in the sauce and you're lost and you don't even know kind of the, the cost that you're paying and and the consequences that's going to have down the road be that uh, the physical toll that you put on the body or just the constant, well, I'll deal with that later. Or I'm not going to focus on this aspect of my life or as we were just talking about um, that self-awareness. I, I just think that so many of us get caught up in the grind or the pursuit of whatever we're doing. And so that's why when that inevitable end comes or a really big interruption like an injury, we struggle so mightily with our self-identity. I mean, it took me years to adjust to the life after my hockey career ended because you just lose so much of validation and purpose and understanding of who you know yourself to be. Exactly. And, you know, she was, it was really interesting to talk about that Achilles injury because I remember it happening vividly and she had just started to really turn a corner. Like I was like, man, she's really starting to kind of, um, show those similar Kelsey Plum vibes that we had, you know, from a media and, and just, you know, fan perspective become so accustomed to seeing. And then that happened. And um, there wasn't a lot out there in terms of what that did to her at that time. I mean, this is the same time as COVID. So there's a lot going on. Everybody's dealing with a lot of different um, issues at this point and, and the WNBA bubble. And, you know, so a lot of that focus was on those types of things. And so really interesting to her, um, for her to talk about those things and that about that period of time it really struck me when she said you know she was riding in that um, in the car and her friend was with her and he was really visibly concerned and she had a sense of peace you know mm-hmm. like for the first time in in years she was forced to just slow down because you know it, it, anyone who follows women's basketball collegiately professionally understands at the highest levels the grueling schedule that these women have to under 
undergo. You know, it never stops. It goes directly from the collegiate season to like two weeks later, the, the, the training camp mm-hmm. um, to then the WNBA starts and then you're right over there and overseas. I mean, it doesn't stop. So her life had been a complete whirlwind. Um, and so listening to her talk about that period of time and the sense of peace that she had and how she embraced that period of time. And Mike neighbor spoke about her ability to focus and he was really adamant to me. He said, you know, I've never known anybody in my life who can focus on the present and at the task at hand better than anyone other than Kelsey Plum. So if you apply that, you know, um, understanding of her into that period of time, it kind of makes sense, right? Like she embraced that moment and what she was going through to really address what she needed to address because she didn't have a chance to before. And I think that was really, really, really powerful. And she shed so much light. Um, I mean, I, I told her, I said, you know, listening to you and talking to you and writing this piece made me a better person. I can't imagine what it's going to do, you know, being able to put this out in the world. And one of the things I really enjoyed is about three weeks ago, uh, there was this tweet that was going viral. And essentially uh, this guy was saying, you know, work ethic is so important and you have to grind, 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 grind every day. And Kelsey quote tweeted it and said, that mentality is the same reason why I tore my Achilles and I'm I'm curious when it comes to the the aces and obviously Kelsey being a number one pick and having all that pressure and attention, she's fortunate enough to also be in the same team as someone as Asia Wilson and Jackie Young, who are also number one picks. Uh, in your conversations with them, did they kind of help Kelsey and just each other in in realizing that oh we we've all been through these same type of expectations and the weight of those expectations? Um, you know. I didn't get into that much detail with Asia. Um, you know, she just kind of talked about the back end of it and what you're kind of seeing right now. I think when it comes to Kelsey Plum, you know, she had so much on her shoulders and so much stress and had no time to process anything that was happening in her life. Um, and that took a while, you know, and we saw that as a reflection on the court, we saw that or whatever. And we saw that through overseas. I think we saw that even with her, you know, her injury and how she handled that period of time. I think, you know, Asia talked about, obviously, I I wanted to be really cognizant of talking to the people who had been around her during this period of time and talked about how early on she was concerned what other people had to say. You know, she was concerned about letting people down, um, but then clearly had seen her through this transition of time. And through that, it was kind of like, you have to find that balance. And Kelsey talked a lot about this, about saying, hey, you know, we, we feel like we got to go, 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 go. We got to, every second, every day, if, if, if we take a day off, it's a missed opportunity. She was very, um, very intentional about talking about, like, I will shut down. If it's an off day now, I don't touch a basketball. I don't think about basketball. I may do something from a recovery perspective with my body, you know, get in there and get some treatment and work on my, you know, ice bath or, you know, whatever that might be. But I'm not going to touch a basketball. I'm not going to work with a basketball. I'm going to be really intentional about balance in my life. And sometimes I think we as a society and professional athletes at times, we go, 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 go. People get burnt out. People get hurt. People don't have time to process what's going on around them. And more so than anything, not just, I mean, not really her teammates, but more so her. That's what she talked about is an off day is my off day. It's about me. It's about my life. It's about my relationships. It's about doing the things that I love outside of this game and remembering who I am outside of this game. 
Yeah, it's almost like you're validating your life outside of it because I feel like, especially with how hyper-professionalized youth sports and, and just the feeder system have become, that yeah. you know th- that pursuit becomes a, a, an escape wrapped. Your identity. Ra- your identity, but an escape wrapped, wrapped in an excuse. Like the rest of your life yeah. bows to this. Like I'm going to miss my – I didn't go to prom because I had hockey. Like that's that, – and, and those little yeah. decisions that you make. And ultimately for many of us, they're, they're totally worth it. But then, like you said, there's no space to process. There's no place to celebrate. And you get lost in that monotony of the pursuit. Mm-hmm. And and I wanted to pose this to you because you're, you're a former athlete, you're a coach. There's clearly something going on in the ranks of collegiate athletics. And, and I think what we've kind of already talked about in terms of that transition and, and developing that self beyond what, who you are as an athlete, how do you think we can better do a job in, or better job in supporting those who are going through that and developing that self other than an athlete? Because I get shudders down my spine every time I read about one of these other student athletes that take their own life because I know what that tunnel yeah. sounds like when it's closing in on you when there's a ton of stress and you got class and a test and you're not playing well. Like It's a scary spot to be. Yes. It is, and I think we have to check ourselves. We have to check ourselves continuously from every aspect, from the grassroots level, um, from the parental level, from the collegiate level, um, from the professional level. You know, I mean, you know, it's, you know, think about it. When you're 15 years old, you're forced to pick your sport at this point. You know, it's, for, it's been like that for a few years. Like, I grew up in a period of time where I, I played three sports in high school, mm-hmm. and I, I would go long periods of time without touching a basketball. Now, a lot, some people might say that was a bad thing. For me – it was a healthy thing and I would do track and field and then I would have my downtime and I had balance. I think we as a society miss out on balance and we, we, we run these kids into the ground. I'm just coming off of July where I'm really involved in a lot of um, it, it's a big basketball month in terms of recruiting from a, um, you know, just, just tr- travel event perspective. And I'm looking at these girls and I think, man, they are on their <laughs> 14th day of playing two games a day, they're traveling all over the country, they're playing on not always the best floors, um, and is this really necessary? And I think, you know, in terms of just that specific topic, the, the calendar is changing next year, it will not look the same, it's a little bit more stretched out, because again, exposure is necessary, you've got to be able to play in front of collegiate coaches, or, you know, whatever, next level coaches, and so that's important, but I'm very thankful that the, the calendar is changing, and so hopefully that provides a little more balance, for some of these um, young girls coming up through the grassroots, um, you know, ranks, because I, I feel like, you know, 14, 15 days in July is just unnecessary for everybody involved. You know, it's not good for the college coaches. It's not good for the players. Um, but, you know, I just think we have to remember balance is important. You know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's okay to mix it up. It's okay to shut down. It's okay to take breaks. It's okay to decompress. And I'm a victim of that myself. I will go so hard in the mm-hmm. things I'm doing professionally. Sometimes I have to check myself. I'm even doing it today. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a break and just go turn off my phone and relax and enjoy the day because I've been so go, go, go. We have to, we have to have more people talking about it and we have to have more leaders talking about balance, in my opinion, and all across the board. No, 100%. I feel like we all feel like that, which is why I'm I'm so happy we're having this conversation. And you bring up balance. Uh, I can't help but ask you, Rachel, uh, last night, reports coming out that Liz Cambage might possibly be walking away from the game for good with all of her business ventures and, and kind of not wanting to play basketball anymore. Uh, what do you think of everything that's happened with the fallout with the Sparks? You know, it's 
it's it's hard because when you talk about Liz Cambage, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of things that have happened the last few years. Um, you know, it, it, it never seems like she ever found her place and her happiness in this league, and that makes me sad. Um, obviously, I think I have been a very, very, very big Liz Cambage proponent from a skill and a size and, every, and a capability perspective on the court. But it feels like, to me, you know, that on-court potential and the off-court balance and just happiness have never clicked, you know, in the way in which you, you would hope for someone that they would. So, I mean, for, for me personally, my opinion, I'm not very surprised by this. I felt like there's a lot that the LA Sparks have got to figure out. Um, and I, 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 I feel for Liz. I hope that she is able to, um, you know, find her happiness and, and continue to find that path in which enlights her life and brings her peace. Um, you know, the LA Sparks are, in my opinion, you know, it was a situation where Derek Fisher was at the end of his contract and it was a Hail Mary. We're going to go chips all in. Let's see if we can win. And it was going to be really difficult to make those pieces fit in the first place. You had a lot of different personalities. You had a lot of different um, chemistry issues that I, I personally, again, I, I cover the league so much I was very concerned about. Um, so I'm personally not very surprised by this. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that I don't know Liz personally. I have never um, had her open up to me and t- tell me her story. It's, there's a lot there, as we all know. Um, and I just hope that, you know, she can find that peace and maybe maybe um, find that happiness, find that path in which she is, she is that is for her, you know, and, and that's really all I can hope for. Yeah, one thing that I've learned that is uh, environment is truly everything, and that's why I think this Aces team is really special because you can just tell in their pregame dance routines that they're incredibly close, and and to see their ascension and and, uh, on a more personal level, level, Kelsey's, it makes a whole lot of sense why uh, each of them are reaching new heights uh, in these modern times. But thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, Rachel. I'm thrilled to add another friend to the former athlete, uh, current media (laughs) badass section of my Rolodex, but (laughs) stories uh, like this matter. And I I think people don't really fully realize it, but those who know what it feels like the night before fitness testing does. So uh, be well, stay hydrated, and we hope to have you uh, again on the show soon. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Thank you for, for amplifying the story. Um, all the credit goes to Kelsey. She was the one that really was the ringleader of this. And, and anytime you guys want me on, just let me know. There it is. That's Our Win Insider family's growing. Shout out to Miles Elric. <laughs> uh, Rachel, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, there's Bye, Bye. Rachel Galligan, women's basketball analyst at Just Women Sports and Winsider. Be sure to follow her on Twitter, by the way, at RachGal. That's R-A-C-H-G-A-L-L. Glad to have her joining us and telling us the story. And as always, all Insider Calls are brought to us by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app or go to BetQL.com. Coming up next, Joel Osteen isn't the only one getting paid with amens. It's 1140 The Bet. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.